the tour could say they could penalize him. I thought that was really fascinating that they were going to let him play in the Masters, the British, and the PGA, though. The U.S. Open was going to give him the... The kabosh. It's a Seinfeld reference. Man, I love Kramer, and I love the fact that it's on Netflix now. That is so awesome. I would need Kramer's input on this right now. Or Crazy Joe Tavola. Yeah, yeah. Or Newman. All right, you go ahead. You take your Saudi money. Oh, yeah. And this is Will Wilcox. There you go. There you go. Jim Renner on the 15th hole. His third shot, you bet. Welcome to episode three of Tear Time with Jim Renner and Willie Wilcox. This episode is chock full of uh, SGL talk. Uh, We've got Andy Pope as our guest. Phil Mickelson seems to be running rampant. Um, And... uh, we're going to touch on a lot of subjects here, um, and the golf world seems to be, it's just one of the most interesting eras in the game, in my opinion. Wouldn't wouldn't you agree, Renner? Yeah, I mean, I would certainly say there is a, um, there could be a big turning point here with how the tour operates and how the tour goes about everything, and I feel like the tour hasn't ever been put in a position like this with a competitor, and... I mean, boy, they it's got their attention and they have to obviously do something about this. And when you have a guy like Phil Mickelson behind it, I mean, clearly the things he's saying, I feel might be a little bit personal. Little agree- uh, yeah, a little egregious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think like he might be coming at it from a different angle. But yeah, um, he, I think there's some way- deep rooted anger there that we don't know about. Yeah, there's some other shit going on there. And obviously with him. He's one of the big names of the game, and he's a person who is clearly, in my mind, made the game better. Yeah. Um, but uh, I would think for sure you maybe have a you, you have a guy like him with what he's saying about everything that you have to pay attention to it. But either way, at the end of the day, the tour has to pay attention to what the Saudi Golf League's doing. They have to maybe make some changes, so it's forced their hand, and it'll be interesting to see what actually does transpire and what happens and obviously with the players who jump ship and you know go play this league and you know for right or wrong reasons there's certainly going to be some big decisions being made here in the next you know who knows few months or whatever you want to call it yep and i thought the uh decision for them to um we're, finally, my microphone is working, and as Joe Rogan says, it needs to be a fist from your face. So here we go, bam. Anyways, um, them doing the unveiling, and now that they have twenty big time players, um, that obviously they're going to be huge names, or they wouldn't have qualified for these uh, unlimited uh, money uh, SGL um, people, you know, representatives rather. Um, so, you know, they're unveiling this thing the week of the Players' Championship. And, you know, that's the flagship event of the PGA Tour. You know, it's not like they're doing it the week of the Barbasol. Um, you know, I thought that was pretty interesting, too. Absolutely. I mean, for them to do that that week, which is obviously the flagship event of the PGA Tour, for them to do that that week... Um, this will kind of, this to me will be the situation where you find out 
what they're really made of. And obviously they, to, to announce that week, they may know something we don't know. And maybe some of the players might be not telling the truth or not, you know, showing their cards, whatever you want to say it, but for them to unveil that whole thing during that week, I feel that that would be something that they would have up their sleeves and they know something maybe we don't know, but either way, kind of a ballsy thing on their part to certainly announce that week. It's so wild that a group that has exponentially more money than the PGA freaking tour is coming to challenge them. You never would have thought that could be possible because Phil made the statement. He has had the reputation over the last three weeks of saying that, you know, the tour has this amount of money and, you know, they're a nonprofit. So if they have 800 million in the bank, what kind of nonprofit is that? You know, he's really been throwing some daggers and, uh, you know, yeah, it's he, just, it's wild, these articles. And Alan Shipnuck, and it just seems like he's he's fully willing to talk about this, you know, with certain people. And uh, Alan Shipnuck, Shipnuck's about to release this book and um, about film. And, and I just, it gets so, every single day I wake up and post some articles and put my little blurb talking about it. It's just like, you're just getting tossed around like in a boat in waves, you know? You're like, what the hell is going to happen next, man? This is fucking nuts. And uh, I'm just really, really uh, blown away by this. So, um, you know, it makes you not even think about the event that's happening that week. (laughs) For sure, and I feel like that is something that, they was, you know, for the, for the player. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a distraction from the event of what the PGA tour is holding. And yeah. you have, you know, you're putting per- certain people in tough positions and you have certain guys that are saying certain things in the aspect of, Hey, I'm not going to join this tour. And then some guys don't really say too much. And that's where I give uh Kramer Hickok. He, who he came out and said this 17 guys that he knows that have already signed up yeah. and, um, because a lot of people I feel are wondering who are these guys that are signing yeah, up yeah. and you certainly have a few heavy hitters that this week, you know, with Rom and Rory, JT Brooks, that guys have said they are not going to play this tour. But even one thing that was talked about today at the bar after we played golf today yeah. with, um, how are these guys going to feel when all this it's, it's fine to say that about the money right now, but how are some of these top players going to feel when guys that they know they are better than that are making astronomical millions of dollars over them. And these guys are so much better than the guys that they know that are making all this money. Yeah. Yeah. So it's fine right now, but when push comes to shove, if this thing actually does go through and the money is what it is, and you're going to have guys, Making that type of money, I mean, then at the same time, how are these other people going to feel about that? That's where I feel is the big thing. It's like fine right now because no one really knows what the hell is going to happen. Absolutely. But what if it goes belly up? Exactly. That's the other thing. And then a lot of guys are in no man's land because the tour could say... They could penalize. They could penalize them. Yeah, and I, but I thought that was really fascinating that they were going to let them play in the Masters, the British, and the PGA. Though the U.S. Open was going to give them the 
the k k k gabash. Um, and and it's a uh, uh, Seinfeld reference. Um, man, I love Kramer, and I love the fact that it's on Netflix now. That is so awesome. Um, uh, I would need Kramer's input on this right now. I know, I know. He would definitely have something great. Or crazy Joe Devola. Yeah, yeah. Or Newman. (laughs) All right, you go ahead. Um, You take your Saudi money. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Exactly. Um, I've sent you that clip before, but I digress. If it goes belly up and these guys, like, what if it turns into that event? (laughs) It's not, I mean, obviously, it has nothing to do with that stupid event in Orlando. I feel terrible for Tom Lovelady and the guy who won in the top 10, but the big money golf classic, you know, it, well, it, it was hot. It was pie, pie in the sky. Is that the, is that the phrase that had exactly. dreams? Exactly. I feel like when you have a tour that is all of a sudden going to challenge the PGA tour, I mean, do these guys necessarily really know what they're getting into and the, in the commitment of running a tour, um, because there's longevity. Like, do these guys even see longevity or do they see like total disruption on this thing? They just want to disrupt the PGA tour, which to me, I feel like be sure if you hear about it. Yeah. It, like, is this just to like, you know, put the hook on the tour on like making changes or I, but there are a lot, there are more questions than answers. And when you look at exactly what we, you and I have been through and many other people I feel can relate to this is there's, it's always way better. You know, like everyone, like you said, it's like, they feel like they're promising you the world and every, you know, people have fallen for it. Plenty of our friends have done it. And you know, where you really, you fall for this and then you go out there and you play a year or two and then this thing might be nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. It, it could turn into a, another uh, Maverick tour. Um, is the juice worth the squeeze? Is the juice. It's, but I mean, who the, who the hell knows with this thing? This thing's gotten so like off the rails with me. Like, you know, you've done a great job posting articles and with Shipnuck's book and then with Phil, what he's saying, it's like, who the hell really knows what the hell's going to happen? Yeah. Phil is throwing so much gas on this fire. But I mean, guys, like you have to look at it like this. You've got guys like Phil. What does he have to lose on this whole thing? Nothing. Nothing. I mean, if you're a young... His jet's still going to gas up. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, but even, you know, you've got a guy like Rom. I mean, he's clearly one of, if not you know, the best player in the world. Um, and he's always going to be in that conversation for the next, however many years you want to call it. Yep. But he's going to be certainly one of those people. And then you have to think about like the legacy of the game. I mean, these, some of these guys have cemented their place in history. You're right. The game. And then that's crazy to think about. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be tough decisions for some of these guys. And clearly some of them have made it, but it's almost like the PED thing within Major League Baseball, you know? Like, uh, you know, are you going to get the, the credit that you deserve for yeah, playing exactly. the wonderful golf that you played? Yeah, exactly. And I feel like that would be a big thing. I mean, I know, I mean, geez, like when we were growing up and everything, and even till now, it's like, okay, there's the PGA Tour, and then some people may go on whatever and argue that the Corn Ferry is better than the European Tour. 
And then which is bullshit. what is like a lot of, yeah, exactly. But it's like so many people now are put in position, what their legacy is going to be. And are you going to be one of the people that jump ship? You're going to hit your wagon to Saudi Arabia. Exactly. Exactly. And then what does that mean down the road for your name in golf? I mean, could totally ruin it. And I mean, I liked Rom's stance and I think a lot of guys that are in their twenties, I mean, surely they say no, there's no way a guy like Morikawa, who's friggin' 23, 24, he might be 25 now, I don't know, or a Matt Wolf or something like that, or someone like that would do that. I mean, no, it just seems like there's no chance that they're going to go. Well, exactly. And even uh, like, but I feel like for guys like, say, like the Jason Cockrocks of the world, who yeah. obviously he said yeah. he's huh. about he said Saudi on his bag for quite some time now. Yeah, and he's a college teammate of Andy Pope, who's about so, to be on. Yeah, exactly. So that is a fitting person who knows him like better, you know, than kind of anybody that you would think. But for him, for a guy like him, I mean, Jason's obviously an unbelievable player. Um, Amazing, and he's he's you know done awesome in his career and he's had a hell of a year the last 13 months have been well, like stupid. Said, yeah and like he said he goes i want to retire at four, age 44 i mean he's 38 years old whatever call it it's like you're there and, dude and it's like he's at the finish this gives him that finish line that he could get to he's a 38 year old guy that's going to be offered this deal he's one of those guys that puts him off like across the finish line now with the money he wants to make. And I can't blame him for that. But then you have other guys that, like you said, those younger guys, I mean, what are they going to do? Yeah. Um, I think they're just going to continue to kill it on the PGA tour. I mean, what, what I mean, they, they can't do that. They, they I mean, there's too many years. What are they going to think? This thing's going to go on for the next 40 years. I no. I mean, sometimes when you have that type of money, you get bored. Oh, true. That's true. They're going to be throwing a lot of money. And so. like they, the the amount the people that are like doing this, are they really do they have the interest of the players at heart? Yeah, at, at heart. Yeah. Like, I mean, clearly the PGA Tour was founded on like growing the game, giving guys like opportunities and charity. Yeah, like there's so many things that go along with the PGA Tour with charity and giving back. and um, But there's also that maybe dark side of the tour that maybe Phil's trying to expose, especially because of the social media thing and the players' rights to the shots that they created. Yes, and also I feel the little bit I've heard about it that they were like, okay, we'll give you whatever you want, you know? it seems like this Saudi league is ready to give the players what they want, but is that going to be, I don't know. I mean, how, how do things go from there? Yeah. I, I tell you, I cannot wait to hear what Pope has to say. Um, he's, he's, oh, yeah. gonna, he's going to have some wonderful um, uh, things to, uh, especially when it comes to Kokrak, who, who's you know definitely tied to this uh, quite aggressively. Exactly, and I mean Andy's around our age; we're late thirties, and I feel like that is the type of golfer that this appeals to. Is Absolutely, the guys that are in their thirties. Yeah, yeah, and 
it's just a money grab and you get to play great tournaments. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming there'll be great tournaments, but yeah. And there's only 12 to 14 of them. That's what's mind blowing. Yeah. So, I mean, you've got guys that have maybe been on the tour for 10 years at this point and you know, they've made a boatload of money. They've done well. And maybe they look at it like, you know, shit, these guys are offering me this much money to play golf. And I only have to play golf for maybe a few more years. And then I'm going to make that amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. Adam Scott said something like that. Why would you not take that? Yeah. Adam Scott wants to, they want to spend time with their families. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. That exactly what Cockrack said. He's like, I get to see my kids grow up. I'm going to make a boatload of money. What the hell? Why would I do that? And I get 50 weeks off a year. Yeah. And I mean, for him, the short term for a guy like himself at the age of and everything like that, you've got to, I mean, I would take the money. I mean, what the hell? Why why wouldn't you? It's just like you're in the position, but exactly the question is the younger guys who are worried about their legacy and the unknown is a big thing. And I understand that because then what the hell happens if they go play this league and the tour then assesses a penalty on them or whatnot, and they have to pay for it in some shape or form, but you really just don't know. Yeah. But for the guys that we just described of the cockracks of the world and those guys, I mean, I feel like it's a no brainer. Yeah. I got to wonder like the taxes. Oh yeah, I mean that, well, that's gonna be wild. Because I remember when we played in Chile, and you know you'd make like ten or fourteen or whatever. I remember one time I made fourteen or fifteen grand, and then when it came to my account, it was like six. <laughs> you know? And oh, yeah, I, I mean I it was crazy. Yeah, I mean I I came in second in Colombia and I got audited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what did what did you make that week? Like, like 60, 72? No, it was 72. Oh, it was like 78 grand. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then eventually and, and it then came Dolph through. And then Dolph crashed my car. Huh? Dolph crashed, and then Dolph crashed my car. That was in Chile. That was the following week, right? Uh, they, yeah, that's when Pope and Welch came up to me and they're like, yeah, we got to tell you this. Uh, yeah, Dolph crashed your car. And, he, and Dolph said, like, whatever, bro. Like, you made 78 grand. And I love Dolph. You and know? He, flips, but, he flips it on you. Uh, like, you can afford it. And then I got taxed. And then I got taxed out the ass. And then I got audited. Yeah, I didn't know you got audited that year. I guess yeah, not, that, that's not something that you're just going to be like, hey, bro. Um, uh, yeah, but I mean, shit. But with what's going on, I mean, I mean, I'd like to know the more guys that come out and say that they want to join and do this but um i don't know we live in a world where people think of all these political consequences and all this everyone likes to think that they freaking know the world and stuff like that so there's yeah. obviously that issue with the saudi group league and yeah but, separating golf and state in my opinion you know what i mean i know they call it sports washing and you know that but uh, yeah it's just it's a it's a it's a tour that's just going to be making people, you know, just going to be licking their chops, man. And, you know, it's just going to be like a it's, then, they have so much thing, cash, so much cash. And that's the bottom line. Yeah, And I feel like the one thing that this league that they're trying to do is the only part of it that I feel like that will be kind of tough is getting the younger guys to get on board with it. Yeah. Because 
you're going to have the Adam Scott's like Adam Scott, why would he not do it? You know, like you've got to look at like some of these guys, like why they wouldn't do it. Not why would they do it, but why would they not do it? That's the thing I think that needs to be asked with some guys like Adam Scott. Like, why would Adam Scott not do this? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he was Euling in in the mid nineties. He he was a direct, um, you know, uh, beneficiary of the Tiger era. Um, not to mention his swing looks exactly like Tiger Woods ninety seven swing. Um, so you know, it's just uh, it it man, it's endless. It's endless, and, and it sounds like this episode is turning into nothing but that. But it sounds like uh, Pope Pope Daddy just uh, arrived at your crib, and like maybe we could get to talking to him pretty soon. Yeah, we need his take on it because uh, gotta have it. Pope's one of the best follows on the uh, Twitter sphere. The best. He's the best. Not and, to, um, not to mention one of my. There he is right there, Pope Daddy. Um, one of my favorite people on earth, guys. From, from and, and he's our second guest. Um, and he is he's from he's from uh, Chicago land. And uh, uh, what Crystal Lake? Crystal No, that's a that's a fronty. Crystal it's River. A, no, oh sorry, oh, where that's a fronty, the little bunny tail guy with the shaking his booty. Duh. I was Glenn Allen. Glenn Allen, sorry. that's right. And grew, and grew up playing at Medina. That's right. It was fucking sick. That's so sick. <laughs> Franny's the pretty one. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. He, he's, he, was, he's, he was more like he'd be hanging out with us at the bar. That's know? right. That's right. Uh, Franny um, was such a stripe show, and our games were so. I mean, we were nothing compared to a Franny. I remember we got paired together that one time, and we just. I mean, chopped it around. And I'll never forget a fronty hitting a five iron out of like a pretty deep bunker at whatever course we were at. And just hits this like moon ball to a foot from like 200. And there's like wind out of the freaking left. And there was like a little narrow front. And I'm just like, okay, I can't handle this. And that day he yelled at me about through line. And I was just kind of like, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Dude, he was... He was one of the dudes that didn't mess around with the through line and thought for sure if you weren't educating people on it, then you were an asshole. Yes, yes. He was the through line police. And even if you were 22 (laughs) and you clearly didn't know and didn't mean any harm by it, he chopped you. He chopped your head off. And and, and honestly, I appreciate it. Dude, one of my best through line stories, though, as a through line story is at Oakmont at the u.s open and i'm playing with uh sam burns and he's an amateur and he's got these spikes on and he has no idea what the through line is he's just twisting and and so i explain it to him and on the next hole he goes 90 degrees to the hole so he's not in my through line and he's like is this okay like when i straddle here and i'm like you don't straddle it perpendicular it's straight through yeah 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 by the end of the second day, the, the girl, she was a girl walking with us. You know, you have like a scorer with you. She was like, have you ever worn spikes before this? Because I don't think you're old enough. Because he was only like 19. He was in college. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I, you know, it was like a, I enjoyed that while I was shooting plus 10 and missing the cut. Like, <laughs> All right, there we go. Like, and then he was a world beater two months later yeah yeah he now yeah he, he i think he just liked the sound of it crunching on the car path um 
It, does, it certainly does sound cool. But uh, but anyways, to tell the, the tier time listeners a little about Andy, I mean, you've played in four of the last five U.S. Opens, or is it five of the last six? Five of six. Five of six, baby. Holy shit. Um, that, that's such but, a freakish but, accomplishment. But for those that don't know uh, the math on that, that percentage is pretty high. Okay, yes. I read that 9,109 um, applicants tried last year and how many spots 15 20 25 maybe no more if it's a u.s open probably like 50 right 60 because there's uh columbus one's got like 15 okay yeah that's true but still but still we almost got ten thousand applicants 70 qualifiers yeah with ten with ten thousand at ten thousand applicants that's those odds aren't great, <laughs> and you're you're just every year doing it. And I mean, I look forward to seeing your sectional just because I'm just kind of like I I know I don't have to scroll down. I know it. Well, these guys, I mean, it's Renner and when you and uh, Rob qualified for Pinehurst, yeah, yeah, with uh, right Fran, Fran Quinn, Quinn and um... and they just you know they're telling me about their experience. So like we played in twosomes. 36 holes, two different courses. We flew. It was awesome. And the next year, I qualify at uh, Bears Club, and I play you my You shot like two off. under or something, right? I, think I shot five the last day. I shoot four under. I shoot one over, five under. I tie Luke Donald, and the one shot behind us is Sam Horsfield, who's at Florida oh, or wherever he's at at the time, and some other kid who's now a world beater. And I was like – what just happened? I played best <laughs> golf I played. I was like, man, I, I can't believe I just barely scraped in these guys. After I heard that, I'm like, I've gone up there every year since. So I've gone to the Northeast and I've done the two some 36 holes. Yeah. So, so it's, what, what yeah, made you want why'd you go to the Northeast? I don't, you know, you did so well at bears. Better than up. And I'm telling you about it. And when you hear two sums, in a 36 right. day compared to being 90 degrees that's right in florida and you can barely beat the heat and it's june 10th like dude it's brutal and it's, it's gonna rain it's gonna rain and you're playing the same course twice like it's a miserable day no yeah and andy and i actually played together this year yeah and it was pretty funny like i'm absolutely chopping i'm mm-hmm. playing terrible mm-hmm. welcome, to the, welcome to the club no yeah it was pretty funny there's a rain delay um i ordered we ordered pizza to the yeah, parking there was, there lot was two, two rain delays i say i'm like bro i'm like please stick around no, he's like, if there was anybody else i would have left and i'm like thank you like i'm fucking flowing right now like let's go and, yeah, uh, yeah 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 oh yeah renner had to stay in that scenario uh, it was, oh, but he played unbelievably. He played great. I mean, I played with Andy all the time. We played here all the time, and he played so solid. And, like, you know, the golf course was up there, too, that they do up north. And, you know, he grew up in Chicago. So you play, you know, golf like that. And, I mean, that yeah, turf. So, so solid for 36 holes on, you know, tough tracks that old Century and Old Oaks. Um, Century and Old Oaks. Are they long? Uh, no. Not I tell you who I played with uh, the year before when I qualified was Cameron Young. I'm yeah, kid on fire. Yeah. shooting. Yeah, they got the one twice. Yeah, yeah. Or did he win? Are you talking about Cameron Davis? No, no Cameron, Cameron Young, Young, the kid that's in second right now in the PGA event. He shot sixty-two at Riviera today. Oh my God! I thought that, I thought Joaquin Neiman sixty-three was as good as it gets. 
Yeah, no, these guys are four clear of third. So then that was like off the for the Cameron Young thing. What he we Pope and I were talking about this earlier, and uh we were out uh at dinner that night with remember we were with Spencer and Every, and then we're like, is that the best round you've ever played? Like with 36 holes when he did that at uh Glen Ellen Club. Oh, at the Glen Club in Glen Club in Chicago, where he was like 10 under, 10 under and like was plus six or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, like he, he beat everyone in the field, like his wave by like, you know, eight shots or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, the Glen clubs, that's, it's the kind of goofy one, right? Um, Hard dog legs. No, I'm thinking of the other one. That's like North, Northwest. You're thinking, uh, you're thinking Iron, of Iron. Yeah. Iron. Yeah. Iron fist. No, I'm just in, kidding. Um, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we, anyway, Pope, Pope Daddy, we, we've been talking about, um, the Saudi thing for the past 30 minutes. And saying we got to talk. I mean, I went to school with Kokrak, like listening to some of the people talk about the Saudi stuff. Like, I mean, I, I feel like the golfers the especially the golf writers of the world right now are going so gosh darn political on it. And it's like, Man, no one talks about the NBA. What about Nike and all this sweatshops and what they have in China? And it's like they just brush over that. But now because it's golf, like these guys are making it seem like it's just blood money. And it's like, dude, for the amount of money. I mean, that was something I wanted to bring up to you guys. Ever since I got onto the nationwide, what was that, 10 years ago? The one thing I could never understand was why we never had a players association, a players union to protect us. And for, for us, me and you, it had well, a lot of it needed to do with, you know, the drug policy, but I just felt like there was <laughs> no policy to protect us. And you didn't know what the hell was going on. And like, it was very vague, very dude, vague. Everything, everything's vague. You're under this guy's protocol. And like, dude, it, it, it's finally, I, from the beginning, I'm like, well, this is going to give the players a little bit of power finally, because yeah. now they're going to get some say in it. Yeah. And you know what? Like you saying there wasn't a pack then? No, there's a pack, but what's the pack? That's a committee. That's a committee that doesn't vote on it. Even if they vote on something, and it they, doesn't go to, happen. they go to the commissioner and the commissioner's like, that's great, but no. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, bigger, bigger purses. Yeah, right, bud. Yeah, nice talk. Oh, you guys want this? No, sorry, it's not gonna happen. That's why it was always one of those things where I always thought, and people got pissed, but I still believe. Dude, you're out there doing your job. Like if you're going out there and, and chopping it, you're still entertaining some people. Some dude, some fans out there like, holy shit, look at Renner. fucking, you know, hit it in the bunker. Look at this guy. Look at, you know, whatever. Like if you're still doing your job, you're partaking in the proams. You're there for a full week. You should get a salary. Yeah, you should get something. Yeah. Some, so when you get on the PGA Tour, they should be like, dude, you're a rookie on the PGA Tour. Wilcox, here's five hundred thousand dollars. Like. Use that because you're going to have to come out of pocket at some point. And like I saw that they wrote in the um, qual- the qualification now for the corn ferry, like there's a spot that said like warning, you must be financially stable to support yourself in the in the events that you don't play like something along those lines where they're saying like you have potential of going broke. Yeah. And it's like, what? Like you work for the PJ Tour. And you're you're gonna go broke? Like no. Chris like, Baker see, really got that. Really got it. Well, then, like I feel like exactly what Andy said. I mean, for the average person that follows golf, 
who doesn't really understand and may not know like a professional golfer for the people that just follow it, they are probably under the assumption that the PGA tour pays PGA tour players and, or pays for your hotel. Like they're like, Oh, you go to the, what you're staying there for free. It's like, no, no, actually got to book a hotel. Yeah. And and it's four on a night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could, that's the, the messed up thing about the whole thing with the tour is that you could make the PGA tour especially with the old Q school where like you could be a dead broke dude and you make the tour now, like obviously you've made some money on the corn ferry to qualify, but in the old school days, it's like you could make the PGA tour and not have a dollar in your bank account. You could be in debt and then you don't have sponsors. You don't have anything. You like even getting to the tour and you could play the tour and you could lose money and be broke and to be on that type of stage and have that happen is a total joke. Yeah. Whereas like these guys offering the guarantee, I mean, the guarantee money they're offering is obviously pretty substantial and you're offering the best players in the world, but shit, like if you're on the tour and you don't get money from them, eh, I don't know. That's something that's like, yeah, I don't think that's right. Chris Baker, lifelong dream, receives his tour card. He is elated. He gets out there. He's probably got his uh, Cobra contract and everything's good. Probably getting a lot of nice clothes, whatever. But then COVID hits. So he gets now two years on the PGA Tour, but he struggles. So I know when I, I travel the PGA Tour, it costs at least buck fifty to get around, you know? And then he made well south of that both years. So it was 40, he played in like 38, 40 events. And that's with spending five, six K at least a week. Add that up. My brain wants to blow up doing that. Um, but anyways, uh, he was fortunate enough to win a pretty nice event for 50 K in Tampa over the winter. So that, that definitely helped him. But a guy, he's just an example that I wanted to use of how, how detrimental getting your tour card could potentially be to your finances. I've told people, I mean, I've been Monday qualifying, practically my entire career yeah. i'm like you know one of the worst things you can do is monday qualify into a tour event yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm just okay, like, that's, that's the worst thing ever dude you're monday into the tour event now boom you need to book a hotel everything's booked They're last second night for shit then you need to pay your caddy whatever 15 hunch you're in for three grand you missed the cut you know, it, it, whatever it is. And you're just like, what in the shit just happened? Like, I just lost four grand. I just was racing in the Daytona 500 and I lost money. Yeah. Like, no, the guy that finishes last still should be doing, you know, you made it that far. Yeah, you like, should get something. You're on, the, you're on the basketball court. I don't care if you're sitting on the goddamn bench. You're not even playing a minute yeah. and you're getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I'm out there showing guys, hey. This is this is yeah. this harder than it looks, and you're getting an appreciation for it, or you're laughing at me. Whatever you're doing, it is content for the tour, and that's the only point I will make with with Phil. And he's saying about the content because that's what I'm saying. I've gone to the qualifier. I've Monday qualified. I'm in your tournament, and I'm giving you something. Whether I have a hole in one like you do on 17 or whatever it is. But I still missed the cut. I had a hole in one. Yeah. And boom, that thing's fucking going bananas. But here I am down forty two hundred dollars. Yeah. And, and that's such a special and, and cool accomplishment. 
But in the end, your bank got just hammered, you know, your bank account. Well, and that's me and Jim were talking about it earlier today. Like listening to some of these guys keep saying, well, I'm not playing for the money. Huh. It's like, ah. <laughs> okay, I get it. Well, then like just go play in the Olympics every week and play for your country and just play for the medal. Yeah, like, exactly. Stay amateur. Yeah, and the thing, that's the thing that is ridiculous to me is, I mean, people, you know, who says they don't play for the money are people with money. Exactly. <laughs> that, that have already made so like, much they don't know what to do with it. Every exactly. Every time I've gotten on a golf course and the guys, I'm like, what's the game? And the guy's like, it's a dollar. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, we're just playing for one dollar. I'm like, oh, because you have a billion. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And, yeah, exactly. And a poly so is a quarter. Yeah. And that's like the thing of it is that you've got some guys that are kind of saying that. And I feel like they don't really understand when you're talking to an audience of people that have no clue what it's all, what it is like to be offered this type of money. And they say, eh, I don't want it. I don't play for the money. I play for the trophies and stuff like that. I get it. But with trophies comes money. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Only these guys are going to stop playing poorly. And then they're not playing for the money. You'll start playing for the money pretty quick. Yes, you will. And if anybody ever asked me, I said, I'm playing to try to make as much money as possible. And I would play, if I if I made a cut and I was on the 72nd hole and I was in 22nd place, I did not want to fall back to 34th, by God. So yeah, I, mean, I would play exactly. safe. Look at what Kistner said. Yeah, I ain't, I ain't going to win them all, but guess what? They're paying for 22nd. It's like, hell yeah, they are. Yeah, it's a great yeah. finish. So I, even if I had 110 into the 72nd hole, I and it's you know it's just a little 56 degree and the pin may be a little tucked but I'm still hitting it to 20 feet yeah. no and you know what the people that feel that I remember like a few years ago they got all over Jason Duffner for missing a whatever three putting from a short range and they said oh it cost him this it cost him that yeah and uh you know, for him, it's not really a big deal, and he can brush it off because he's got that type of money, yeah. especially back then. But for a guy that all, you're not saying the same thing for a guy that Mondayed in, and all of a sudden he three putts from like five feet on the last hole, and he costs himself a buck seventy or something like yeah. that. You're not exactly that guy isn't exactly like ah, eh, no big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing it for the glory. You're gonna feel that. You're gonna feel that, and that's the thing that people don't, I think, understand. I, I got paired with some guys um, in 2015, and it was the only year that they got out there. And I remember their family was there, and it was the Greenbrier. This kid had a three footer to make the cut. And, uh, it, you know, the green bar was pretty late in the year at that point. So he's running out of starts, but he played solid and he has a three footer to make the cut. And it was straight uphill, dead straight. He misses it. And the entire family was in tears. He was in tears. He was in tears. I mean, and, and it was just so heavy. And I'm just kind of like, that guy needed that putt so fucking bad. And it's just like, people just don't know that, that there's a lower 50. Uh, yeah, I tell a lot of people that like, there's people on the Corn Ferry Tour, you know, there's 30 or 10 or 15 guys that leave the tournament that are like, man, I love this sport. And then there's another 100 guys that are just like, what am I doing with my life? Yeah, and that's like a, that's a, that's at the corn fairy, corn fairy level. Yeah, 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 it's it's pretty wild the the emotional roller coaster that the game will put guys through. And like I, I've said this, the 
the the the like threshold they put on winning is so profound like yeah. i mean you know it's just it, it's insane to me like how much credit they really do give to a win like if you win you are almost just like completely set whereas like yeah. i always and you know it, it, it sucks that you know jim jim's got so many second places he's got a second at pebble he's got how many second places at raleigh at columbia like you know if jim has a win like he you you have status for life totally you know and people are just like wait what and i'm like well then he can reshuffle in forever like the win, it, it, it's so overpowering and it's just people don't understand. Like, no, it's it, you're you have to win yeah. and it, it's a game. And I was talking about guys, you know, you get on the PJ tour, you're a rookie. There's 50 of those cards. I mean, look at how many of those guys were in last week, like two or three. How many are in this week? Like a few. Yeah, yeah. You have to play yeah. so good right out the blocks. Yeah. Or boom, you look at the corn fairy of a schedule today. I'm like, oh, there's Jared Wolf. There's so and so. There's so and so. I'm like, geez, what are all these guys doing? And I'm like, oh, they're just trying to get reps in because now all of a sudden they're about to take a bunch of weeks off. Yeah, and they had amazing seasons. Um, right. A guy, a guy like Steve Marino is kind of an interesting story too. Um, he's living his best life in Jupiter, but he never got a win. He's got seven or nine seconds, and he lost in a couple of playoffs, but he didn't win and didn't quite get the 150 cuts made. So he doesn't have status like anywhere. Um, I think he made it to finals though, so he does have a piece of corn fairy, but he won't get any events unless he Monday's in or um, gets a spot. And uh, you know, a guy like him, you know, he he outplayed so many people. Um, but, oh my god! Yeah, but, but maybe they just happened to win Puerto Rico. <laughs> no, exactly. And that's like a crazy point. Is like you look, you could look at so many guys, especially guys like from our era that maybe did not win, but were keeping their card every year. Like you could keep your card for ten straight years out there, never win make over a million bucks every year and crush it. And then you get hurt or you lose your game and then you don't play good a year. And then you're in no man's land. Yeah. You're back at you're going, like, you're going to Q school. Yeah. You're, you're, you're paying the six K like a guy that's I think 21 boys. I think of Broadway. I mean, think about how many events that guy played. Like, that dude legit kept his nationwide card for like 10 straight years. Yeah. Like and never missed his won. card by skosh. Yeah. Never, he never, or, you know, if you don't win, Tim O'Neill, you know, you, you're, you're, if you don't win on the corn ferry, it was like one or two guys that didn't win a year, basically got a card, you know, and that was it because you had like two seconds, you know, like I think it was a funny actually that did it. A funny finished. He lost in he two finished 25th. He and he lost in two playoffs that year and birdied the last hole. Yeah, I that's right. To yeah, like finish something good there. Like his finishes were awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's yeah. What I mean, like if you don't win, it's like all right, well then you, you're you're kind of out, and it's just insane how that's where it is. And I always just say like the protection of the PGA Tour guys, you know, it's so they, they make it so you can't fall off. Not that you can't fall off, but I always gave the example of my. One of my good buddies that I traveled, you guys know, Tom Hoagie. Dude, he was able to get into that top 25 the first year. And I was like, once he got into the top 125 and now he's guaranteed all the events, he ain't in that reshuffle with the 50. Like, he's going to stay there forever. He's going to make a shit ton of money and he's not going to win at first. And he, no one's going to know who he is. And he was always my person where I was like, 
I'll give you a guy that's made $7 million in the last five years. And they're like, who? I'm like, Tom Hoagie. And they're just like, who the hell is that? And I'm like, the man. Yeah, like, yeah. he's from Fargo. And it looks like, I mean, he's a corn fed, corn fed you know, uh, Midwestern guy. And, uh, you know, it looks like, you know, he could shoe horses or, or you know, be a, a, a bull rider. Um, you know, he's just a, a, a strong guy and, and he just won Pebble. But um, uh, even a guy like Matt Wolf or um, I was talking about somebody else the other day, too. Uh, 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 Sam Burns. Um, you don't hear anything about him. It's just a, what have you done for me lately situation. So... Dude, if you don't win in the sport, that's that's you know you you stink. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. how the sport it's, goes. <laughs> it's 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 definitely a sport that, I mean, shit. You could have three great weeks in a row. Then the next week you don't play very well. The next week you play okay. No one's even talking about yeah, you. What's wrong that. with Jim? Yeah, like what happened to that guy? What is he doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's but, what's uh, is, is he okay? Like yes, yeah, everything's yeah, yeah. fine. <laughs> no exactly and that's the ruthlessness though of the game and that goes into the thing of like how big of a win it is for a guy like tom hoagie who's played unbelievable you know the last seven eight years or whatever it is yeah and then for him to say if he didn't win pebble and then he has maybe like an okay year and then boom like you know lose his card it's like then he's you know got to go back to like Dude, Step he, one or yeah, whatever. Right. And that, that's what I'm that's saying. That's not fair. He he did it almost like four or five times. I'm positive where he got on the PJ tour. He finished outside of 126. He went to the corn Ferry finals, got his card right back, went back into that same category. And it was just like a struggle to get in events. So like it forces you to play good right away. You know I mean? Like yeah. look at Hayden Buckley. Like he's getting in everything because the kid crushed it. Now you're looking at, and that's why I always said, like, the guys that grind so hard and get card 23 yeah. for the Corn Fairy, I'm like, dude, it's almost worth just taking card 27 and going gambling on the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Because, it is. like, it is. yeah, you know, like, that person worked their tail off, and now all of a sudden you're just like, oh, by the way, in the fall, you're going to get one, maybe two starts. Yeah, or, or or another year, you, you're going to get seven. It, it all depends on the way if the tour changes up their their you know whatever, just the way they do things. You might get like our rookie year, Renner and I, or no, it was your is your like sophomore year. Um, I mean, we got jack shit in the fall. Oh, I mean, and that's the thing too is, you know, you could look at. I remember the very first year I got my tour card. It was when the Sony, well, the tournament of champions and the Sony was the first event. Yeah. You got a bunch that year, right? Was that? You got a decent amount of starts that year. Not really, because I got into Hawaii last second and I made the cut. So I reshuffled in, but I got into Tory, which everybody got in. Yeah, which is. And then you don't get into Phoenix. That year I didn't get in the Bob Hope or whatever they were calling it back then. So I didn't get in that. I didn't get into Phoenix. I didn't get in LA. So it's like, how was your West Coast swing? It's like, okay. Well, <laughs> I, had, I got into I had some Mondays and last, spent 30 grand. I got into the Hawaii event last second, like literally on Wednesday night, because Ricky Barnes had like a bad back. Yeah. And yeah. then I got into Tory, you know, and you get your ass kicked at Tory. Oh, and then God. it's like, okay, I'm just and then you get into Pebble. 
But so it's like, okay, you get into maybe Hawaii, maybe not. And then you get into Tory and you get into Pebble. You don't get into any other ones. And then you, the Florida swing, it's like, what Florida swing? Yeah, yeah exactly. That, don't exi- that does, does not exist for the 50 cards. <laughs> you know, you don't get into Bay Hill. You don't get into Honda. You don't get into Tampa. Yeah. And it's like, okay, great. And then they had the Puerto Rico event, so you go to Puerto Rico. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and and then, play, then by like, U.S. Open the time, you start to play some golf, but they're it's 25 events point. in. Yeah, yeah, they've already played so many events. They're starting to take their breaks. Like, yeah. That's what – and um, I wanted to ask you guys something. Uh, I saw that happen, and I wanted to know. Okay. Homeboy got DQ'd yesterday. Did you see that? Who? Um, for the signing the wrong scorecard. Oh, did he play well? I don't know. Who did? I don't know. Someone in the tour event. Uh-huh. Um, got DQ'd for signing incorrect card. Dipshit. Like, Dipshit. How is it? Is it? Is it just you're that dumb? Or, I mean, I've gotten off the course, you know, whatever. Bogeyed 18. I'm just like, whatever. Just give me my fucking card. I'll sign it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, in a sport where you have a walking score, you have people shot tracking everything. Like, how is it possible that like, what, all of a sudden the bulls are going to be responsible for counting up all their baskets. And they're like, Oh, by the way, you guys uh, thought you scored 118 today. You actually scored 116. Like we're docking you two points. You lose the game. Like you have people out there following. I find this to be the, one of the weirdest things. Like, there is someone following you, Will, on 18 straight holes going through your score. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I, it, it was interesting. I, I think I flim-flammed on this because at first I was always like, you moron, because I always thought about, like, remember when Blaine Barber did that oh, in yeah, Pittsburgh? Yeah, 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 yeah. He yeah. was like in college or something. It was like we were all like in 2012 or something. We played in Pittsburgh in the yeah, nationwide. That, yeah. And, you know, this kid storms on the set. He's like 12 under through two rounds, and they're like, he signed for the wrong card. He's DQ'd. It's yeah, like, yeah. wait, what? Like, isn't there someone watching? Like, I, I just, for yeah. me to think that there's a professional sport where that could actually happen. Like, you're trying to tell me if Tiger Woods won the fucking U.S. Open, goes in and signs his card accidentally, like doesn't look it over properly and signs it for one shot, we're going to DQ him and he doesn't win? Like, we all watched him actually physically put it in the hole. No, yeah, that's what happened to the Masters. That's what happened with the Vincenzo guy or whatever. That's why Bob Golby won the Masters, because the guy signed the wrong fucking card. The guy, I couldn't even speak English. Right Come right. on. Yeah. David, so, Dave um, Vincenzo. Oh, Roberto Vincenzo. Yeah, yeah, he uh, he won the Masters. <laughs> he signed the wrong fucking thing or something, and then like Bob Goldby won. Like, he's like striding around his gold jacket. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I mean, to me, I'm just like, wait a minute, like, there's people out there and like you're a professional sport. You should have a referee out there. You know what I mean? Like something's happening. Like, this, no, yeah, for can't... sure. Especially at the tour. There's so much accountability. You got walking score. You at this people point, there. self-awareness too. Like, come on, bro. Yeah. I, I just, I, it kind of, I flim flammed on it where I'm like, you know what? This shouldn't be a policy. Like you, you can't just accidentally, you know, I, why should I, I did I don't know. I did have a funny DQ story actually with a scorecard one time. It was pretty great. So I'm at Oklahoma University and we just played and I don't know, I'm like playing in my third event for them. And with 36 holes that day, whatever, the kid and I didn't exchange scorecards for the last eight for the next 18 and we both marked them down. And then the coach comes in there and I'm thinking everything's fine. You know, we were playing okay. And I, I think I shot like, I mean, I played okay that round too. 
And then he comes in, he's like, all right, like, you know, we got this, this, and Renner got freaking DQ'd. And I'm like, how the hell did I get DQ'd? Oh, you didn't even know. And then him and I both, yeah, wrote the scorecards and each other, uh, whatever, and the different things. And I'm like, oh, shit, okay. Well, I guess I'll never do that again. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome, Yeah, on the tour. On the tour, though, it's like there's so there's so many people around. There's people following you, and then you're you in the tent. I mean, I mean it's like, like I don't. Know. It's a tough one, yeah. And that sucks, though, to get DQ'd. I mean, I like what they're just gonna throw you out. Like, it was his intent to cheat? I mean, maybe is he pulling a Davi? I don't know what he's trying to do. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, uh, but I mean, shit, like exactly, like I mean, you, is this guy trying to cheat or I what the hell is going so. on? You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like we're, we're watching. People are out there watching. This is a professional event. There should be some sort of scoring. There should be a score. Like when you're in the U.S. Opens, there is a walking score. People don't know that. Like there is a walking PGA person that works for some sort of rules committee, and like that person's with you recording every score, and they're just like, "Hey, you get done." They're like, "I've got it all written right here." They've got it on a screen. It is completely done. Like you get it done with a tour event. It's not quite the same, uh, you know, when you start thinking about it. Cause like, yeah, you can't be messing that up. Like that, that, that just shouldn't happen. So like, I, I don't know. I just, I totally flim flammed on it when I started thinking about it more and more. I was just like, this can't be a penalty. Like mm. let alone a DQ. Yeah. Head back to the house after you just played an incredible two rounds. Yeah, um, give him your six grand. I can. Yeah, uh, what a kick in the nuts. Yeah, and he was still in college at that point. Oh, you're talking about Blaine? Yeah, Blaine. I'm not sure. Remember that? Yeah, I think that was when the Pittsburgh event was off the money list, and they invited the top college players. Right, yeah, it makes yeah. sense. But I'm pretty sure that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. They invited, and, and he was the guy. Players. He was the guy that changed Chess and Hadley's life because with the Q he, school. Yeah, the Q school thing—that was crazy. Um, that's something that people don't know about. What did he what? Do? He, he had a penalty on himself a week later. Yeah. Oh yeah, and yeah, it yeah. let in like ten guys. Yeah, yeah. that's right. I that, forgot about that's, that. I mean, that's a pattern. <laughs> um, I don't know the week the week later thing. I love Blaine. I don't want to say anything else out about that. Um, <laughs> Blaine, yeah, Blaine, yeah. Blaine's a nice guy, he, you know. <laughs> no, absolutely, love no, Blaine. No, but that, but, but that's still, like, come on, dude. like, well, I, I make that that same argument is the one that I bring up that nobody likes to talk about, and that's the Tiger Woods, the the putting thing at Disney when he used his putter. The kid that he played with had the two grips on it, oh, got yeah, DQ'd, yeah, yeah. tied Tiger, then boom. Tiger wins the tournament. They deny the guy on the DQ. And then when he shows up the next week, the rules officials are like, Hey, we want to see your putter. And then when Tiger shows him his putter, he's like, that's not the putter I used. They had Titus had gone and put in a different putter in his bag because apparently what it was like, five five inches and a quarter was from the bottom of the putter to the shaft. Yeah. His neck was was so long. Well, when he won, when he won, didn't he? When he won Disney and yeah. he won two weeks before that. So someone else called in after the tournament was over. And then, dude, I'm telling you, you can find the article online. It's on the Orlando Sentinel. And said that he used a different putter. So then, so then when they go check on it on Wednesday, Tiger says, that's not the putter I used. That's a different putter. That's the one that title has changed. And they told him Monday and they didn't come look at his bag till Wednesday. They gave him two days. And sure enough, Tiger's like, that's not my putter. 
And and I mean, dude, talk about back it. when like if imagine if social media was around back and, then. And <laughs> do you want to know the explanation the tour gave was that if you uh, unintentionally use an illegal club, it's not intentional. So there was going to be no fault at all. So I'm just sitting there like, well, wait, what? If somebody <laughs> gives me a driver that's just melt hot. I can use it because I think it's legal and Titleist isn't going to, I was like, nobody was held accountable for that. Yeah. That goes into like some of the things exactly like, didn't like Xander have something happen with his driver. They says driver was illegal. It was too hot. And which is like, which is so true because I mean, technically that's not Xander's fault. How the hell is he supposed to know? Yeah. That's But then like, that's where the tour I feel or RNA or whatever the fuck it is. It was like, they, like there's got to be some organization to that. You can't all of a sudden decide I'm going to test Xander's driver or anyone's driver and then like DQ him that week and be like, Hey, like you're, you're like cheating. You're hitting an illegal club. I don't where it's like, like to, almost like not it's, I mean, is that really their fault? I'd almost like to see some sort of tournament with a fixed clubs. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like you show up to the tournament on Monday and they're like, Hey, Everyone's hitting Shrix Suns. Everyone's hitting yeah, everyone's got everyone's hitting sub seventies. Like yeah. you're hitting sub seventies with whatever golf ball, and that this is it. And you can use these these shafts. We're only using yeah. true tempers, and so that's your only option, you know. And like it would be interesting because yeah, I mean like the somebody was asking me like, do you think you could play with fifteen clubs in an event? I was like, hundred percent. I'm like, you could play with seventeen clubs. I bet. Like I have no idea. Like. You could play with a, you know, like there's some weird shit going on. They don't check your clubs. No one's monitoring shit out there. Like not on day two. No. Yeah. You know, and like the only time they're checking is just so they can check their numbers before. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, yeah. So, so the reps can get their, their gift certificates to PF Chang's because they got a nip on (laughs) because they got a nip on in there. Um, Exactly. T-Bill always hits his number. Okay. Um, <laughs> Tivo always is gonna hit that number. Hey, let's let's talk about. I wanted last thing, um, because uh, I know uh, our awesome um producer is going to a dinner with my good buddy uh, and her boyfriend, um, Alex Harper, who's one of my best friends. Um, how about them lengthening, um, lengthening Augusta National? And what do you think? First of all, them lengthening number 11, I think, is freaking nuts. I think that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> I've never uh, played, that, though, so I don't that know. That hole was already a beast. I mean, I've, I, this is, like, just the one thing that I, like, don't agree with, with making courses harder by thinking you could make them harder by making them longer. Yeah, yeah. Like, make them, I mean, make them higher rough, more penal. Dude, I mean, look it's, at that course, dude. Look at that Utah course we played when we played a practice round all together this year. Yeah. If yeah. that course had some thick rough, yeah, dude, it would change everything. All of a sudden, everyone bombing it up by the greens is not being able to just chip and putt it. Like, no, like, yeah, it, it's like I mean, I mean, imagine I know Augusta. It's so pretty. You have the history of no rough or whatever, but imagine Augusta with rough. Yeah, yeah. Just imagine what that would be. I yeah. mean, they put a little like first cut thing in there. All right, whatever. And that yeah. and that honestly changes the course. I feel. I mean, I've never played there either, but it's at the same time. It's like 
do you just look at it like, okay, we're just going to lengthen this hole? I mean, yeah. the, especially the 11th hole. Of all yeah. the holes that you add length to, why the hell would you add length to that one? Exactly. It's already freaking hard as shit. I, maybe it's just the land. I don't know. But they, they just, I mean, uh, you know, it used to be called tiger proofing. But, I mean, and then they're lengthening 15, which I get because you don't want guys with seven irons in there. Um, but, I mean, uh, holes like... Uh, um, let's see. That that green seems hard to hit with a ten. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, guys, yeah. I'm okay with these guys it's hitting so a shallow. Par five. I don't care. Like, I mean, if it's one of them, like, I don't know. I mean, all of a sudden, you say you put rough at Augusta, right? The eleventh hole, instead of lengthening it or whatever. Say you put rough down that left side, or you put rough down that right side, where I feel like a lot of guys will hit it down the right. Well, that's right. And you put rough over there. How the hell are these guys going to get to the? I mean, I know some will figure it out. They need to do something with that whole trampled area right on 11. Yeah, exactly. Because everyone's getting trampled. You're in the walking area. Like, you're getting those alleys. Like, that needs to be more penal. Like, yeah. I mean, imagine, like, imagine rough coming into the 10th hole there, the ninth hole. I mean, look at the ninth hole. It's like you're in the middle of the fairway and you see guys like miss the green, (laughs) you know, by like 40 yards. Yeah, and it's like all of a sudden you add rough into this place. It's like it's a totally different game. I mean, in my opinion, it's impossible. The length thing only only helps the guys like Bryson, or yeah, no, Brooks or DJ. But I mean, if you all of a sudden look at it like me and you want to all of a sudden put a premium on hidden fairways and having deep rough out, I mean that changes. Everything. That, that's how that's that's northeast golf, right? Like uh, in the tree is a little shorter. You know, you got to be precise. I mean, it's orange tree. You know, like you, gotta, you can force them to the same spot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you, you you make that place narrow the fairway. A little yeah, they're bit. brutally tough. Yeah. They don't yeah. have to be long. No, it, longer only makes it. I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily say longer makes it way more difficult. But longer, definitely, like you look at a guy like Colin Morikawa. I mean, that guy is as good with a six iron, five iron as like some PGA Tour players are with like a nine iron, which is like insane. And he's like the exception, obviously. But I mean, you put a premium on being like an unbelievable long iron player to mid long iron player, like those guys are going to be fine. Like they're still going to shoot ridiculous scores. That to me didn't make it any different. But if you all of a sudden you have rough or like guys have to maybe think about different angles they've got to hit into these greens or go after these pins that changes everything yeah i wrote i wrote in my little blurb i was just kind of like come on man don't make bernhard longer have to play number 11 as a three-shot hole you know i mean (laughs) he's making the cut every year and now and he played two under (laughs) and you know i mean they just don't want it to be 20 under they called it tiger proofing now what are they calling it just just stupidity like i mean making it retard yeah well you're making you're making making it a horses you're making it a horses for courses type place yeah and it should not be okay like i mean if you go play augusta what do you have to do everyone always says the same thing. It's like, you have to be able to hit it high. And I mean, to me, for the, for like playing with like a few guys that have won the masters. Like I remember the first time I played Charles Swartzel, like, okay, I played two holes with this guy. I totally see how this guy won the masters from the bit. It's been described to me. He hits it straight up in the air. It's unbelievable long irons, mid irons, you know? And I mean, 
he just knows how he can get to pins that other guys can't get to. Yeah, yeah. Like, playing with Jason Day, I'll never forget playing with him at the Nelson at uh, TPC Las Colinas. Um, he had a pitching wedge, and I and and when I saw him hit this wedge, and I mean the trajectory had to, it, the launch angle had to be like forty. I mean it, <laughs> it was, was literally yes. the highest <laughs> golf shot I've ever seen in my entire life, and I was like. There's no telling where this thing's gonna go, and then just and the pins on a spine, it just goes thud straight right next to the pin seven feet. I was just like, that was fucking insane. And uh, but anyways, I um I just think that they shouldn't have lengthened. Um, they should not have lengthened Augusta. Just leave it the way it is. It's a historical place. No, it it needs to remain bad. what it was. Yeah, like leave, you need some of the scoring holes. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, and it also makes some of these courses way too long to walk. Like yeah, that. exactly. Yeah, let, let, let Tiger at least limp around. Come on. Yeah, um, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Dude, is your boy Tiger coming back? I mean, I, I wrote a blurb about him this morning, and, you know, he's gaining on, um, you know, the senior tour-ish. And, um, you know, he gave it a pretty good uh you know, scenario of uh, 2023 being a year where he can kind of get back going again. And it's all about being able to walk. Um, and uh, he says he can play 18 holes easily now. He just, you is know, he going to win a tournament? Is he going to win a tournament? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think he's going to win. Um, I think he'll, you know, be forced to play in, uh, you know, some kind of, maybe a slightly weaker field, maybe one day. And, um, I feel like, oh, actually, I think he's going to control his ball flight around the players championship one day and he's going to hit bullets and it's going to be firm and fast and he's going to win the players. You know who doesn't want him to play is the Saudi tour. That's they right. Definitely don't want <laughs> yeah, him to play. Yeah. They're like, oh shit, he got, he might not play. Let's start our tour now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, the Saudi thing is just absolutely nuts. And uh, you know, obviously, uh, Pope Daddy knows uh, a lot about one of the Saudis' main dudes. I mean, he Kograk had that on his bag for quite some time. Um, Dude. Yeah, I was laughing. So I played a practice run with him at Tory, right? Yeah. Me him, and Paul Casey go play. And I'm like, oh, what's this there on the bag? He's like, yeah, I just got it last week. He's like, they flew a bunch of us over, right? So I knew already. Dude, it's not until he plays at the British Open. No one knows. weeks later. And someone's like, Oh my God, Jason Kokrak's got this on his bag. And I tweeted at him. I was like, he's had it on there for five weeks. Where have you morons been? Yeah, like, exactly. And yeah. I just think it's so funny. Like some of these media guys getting like just off on just like trying to report this. It's like, well, no, we've all known this. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. P- try to pay attention to a guy other than, you know, Ricky or 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 Adam Scott and, or whatever. Yeah, I'm like, this is hilarious. So. And like the media too is like, they'll pile on these guys for joining and like ridicule them. It's going to be a bunch of horse shit. It's like, you know, everyone's entitled to make their own decision on this thing. And if that guy decides to take that money and go play that tour, you're going to be playing dope courses. You're going to be playing for a bunch of money. How can you fault them on that? Yeah, That's their decision. Like, Whatever they do with it, it's their thing. But like the media people are already like, and I'm sure there could be, who knows, there might be pressure that the tour is putting on some of these people. Yeah. 
yeah. media to be like, hey, you can't, you gotta like kind of dog this tour a little bit. Like, well, you know, you gotta like get I, behind us here. I firmly believe like that's where, dude, you look at like MLB, whatever it is, NFL, they've got so much money for each team where, you know what, the PGA Tours team is their players. Mm-hmm. So they need to be like right off the get go, hey, you know, we got 160 full time PGA Tour members. Our salary for them is. I don't know what that is. $500 million. Yeah. Yeah. And they say, okay, Tiger, you're playing this year. You signed up. Here's 25. Yeah. Phil, here's 22. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, you're, you're getting. Yeah. And the rookies should be like 400 across the board, you know? Exactly. It should be 500 across the board. You're a first year rookie. Boom. Okay. Boom. You kept your card. You, you finished in top of the 125. You get one point, you get a million dollars base salary or whatever it is. Yeah, like, yeah. You should have a salary. Yeah, and I it's, feel like it's going to shake is, things up, baby. Yeah, yeah, and if there's like a good thing that could come out of this for the tour, it's that exactly what you guys just said. It's like guys will start getting paid and, you know, get a little bit of job security there from them. Yeah. And at least like, and I feel like maybe, I mean, you know, from like a guy like Phil, it's like almost like a scorned ex-girlfriend or something like yeah. that. It's like, you guys never True. treated me the right way. And this so, tour is giving me everything I ever wanted. Sounds like he wrote this thing now that I'm digging deeper. But mm-hmm. I, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, if there is a good thing, possibly that the um, PGA will shake some things up and they will actually, yeah, you know, probably take care Pony of Pony up some of their and, cash for their players. Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, well, hey guys, I, I think it was an awesome episode, and uh, can't thank Andy enough. Five out of six U.S. Opens, everybody better recognize. Um, Where are we going? Uh, We're Renner, going you had some great points, and uh, I love just listening to what y'all have to say, and then me chime in with some of my crap too. Um, but. But this was this was good stuff. You are our second guest, Andy. Congratulations. Well, you know, sloppy seconds are you know from James Driscoll are fine with me. <laughs> yeah, that was a good episode. No one, you know, no one would ever argue that. Um, well, tier time out. Episode three done. I hate that it was a little delayed, but that was awesome. I'm very happy with this episode. No, yeah, that was great. Uh, definitely an awesome episode and. Nobody beats the Pope Daddy. Nobody. Nobody can beat Pope Daddy. All right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to episode three of Deer Time with Jim Renner and Willie Wilcox. We are available everywhere that you can get your podcasts. Um, uh, TierTime.golf. I'm uploading content every day, talking about current events. Uh, we hope to have some. Uh, well, next next week we have Spencer Levine. Um, who is one of uh, one of the best characters in, in golf, and it should be a great episode. So uh, we're going to keep it up. Hope you guys uh, enjoyed it. And uh, everybody out there, just stay, dear. Peace out. <laughs>